If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to Spinifest. What is up, y'all? It's Jonathan Rollins. Give me Sarah. Two Americans living in Sweden talking about football. Mm-hmm. And man, our Super Bowl is now officially resolved. We know who's going to be in the Super Bowl. Really? Who? The I... matchup is complete. Yeah, it's the the Bucks and uh, <laughs> who's the other team? It's the Bucks and the it? Packers I, somehow. No, no, it's the Bucks and the and the Chiefs and the Chiefs. It right? should always be the Bucks and the, the Chiefs. Bucks and the Chiefs. Bucks and the and the uh, Patriots. Mm. The circle. Jerk. Oh, that was the one they were hoping for. <laughs> yeah, but uh, wasn't gonna happen. That's not what they got. They got Bengals Rams, baby. Bengals Rams. And what? <laughs> and what promises to be a uh, very like evenly matched Super Bowl? Yeah, absolutely. Bengals Rams. I, was I have no. Somebody asked me on Twitter mm-hmm. who's gonna win. And I was like, I, I have no idea. Mm. This is one that's up for grabs, honestly. I agree. I have no clue. Uh, I'd be happy for either team. Mm-hmm. Uh, There's so much narrative here. There's so much stuff you could just. There's so many um, yeah. storylines and stuff that you could throw out there I of mean, why it'd be cool. I guess the mo- the person that. I'd be happiest for obviously is uh, Stafford if he were to win. Mm. Uh, mm, you lean that way. Uh, it's it's quite an indictment too on uh, Detroit. That <laughs> 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 motherfucker left this year. <laughs> I saw a really great meme that somebody posted. It was like a picture of Stafford standing next to Eminem, and it was like this is the closest that Detroit is ever going to get to the Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. <laughs> that was pretty cold. Uh, uh, plus, if it was a bowl and something's in it, it could be M&M's. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, it's... Um, yeah, you're absolutely right. For me, I, I obviously, like a lot of people, am, I'm sucked into this Bengals train. It's super fun. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's really fun. It's fresh. It's different. It's exciting. It's an easy team to get excited about. You know, America and uh, how we love our... Uh, <laughs> underdog story absolutely yeah. but i think that you're right there's there's underdogs on both sides yeah. i mean uh the rams aren't traditionally underdogs but no. but this stafford story is 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 obviously something the Bengals are a true underdog everybody should absolutely understand the Bengals are an upstart team they're way way i mean we said way ahead of schedule when they made it to the afc conference uh, conference championship they're way ahead of the schedule especially getting to the super bowl uh on the third year of their rebuild they won four games last year yeah. And the year before that, they won two? Yeah. It's right? like, this is, it's amazing yeah. that they're here. 
And it's a true underdog story. And the way that the team is built, they kind of did it through the draft, the quote-unquote right way. And the Rams don't have a draft pick in the first round until that's really, cars fly. That's very interesting. That was something <laughs> that, that, that's something that I found kind of fascinating that I wrote down in my notes yesterday that I think it would be – when we do the Super Bowl preview next week, Yeah, maybe we could get into that in more detail because it is a fascinating example. And in some ways – like it or hate it, will be a storyline after the Super Bowl. There will be sort of an indictment of sorts on what's the right way to build a team. Yeah. If the Rams lose, they're going to get buried for this strategy of fucking them, fuck them picks and pick up all these free agents. You know what I mean? Yeah. But if the Bengals lose, they're going to go, well, maybe they have to be more like the Rams. You know what I mean? Like there's going to be this debate in the league and and I think because you have two teams that are so built in so completely different ways uh this will be a big conversation once the Super Bowl is settled I think well you got to think about the Rams last time they were in the Super Bowl it was the same way they built the team the same way that was mm. what 2017 mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. they built the team this way they went in free agents free agency and then uh the year after that because uh, the Patriots won that year the next year the Eagles won, right? I think so, yeah. That was pretty much through the draft and the new coach and all of that. They were ahead of schedule. Mm-hmm. And now that's falling apart. Then it was the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. Then the Bucks win with the same strategy. It's almost like mm-hmm. almost every other, every few years, mm-hmm. a team can get there with the uh, free agency, building through free agency. Yeah, I, I personally, I think the right answer to that debate is that it can work both ways. Exactly. I, the real question is like how, you know, there are repercussions that are, that cannot be ignored. Um, yeah. When you build your team the way that the Rams have. Yeah. It's um, risky, risky business. And, and if you don't, whether you win the Super Bowl or whether you don't win the Super Bowl, you still have to weigh, weigh the sort of cost benefit analysis of like, you know, cause it's not like, I don't think you know the the Bucks did something kind of unprecedented last year by bringing the entire Super Bowl squad back. Exactly. Right? Yeah, we thought that was going to be a one one and done squad, and they all just ran it back, and it they didn't p- work. Pushed it. Uh, it didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true. <clears throat> it almost worked, almost. but it didn't work. <laughs> you, you lose. Yeah, it, yeah. Didn't, it didn't work because they're not in the Super Bowl. Uh, the Bengals are in the Super Bowl, uh, and the Rams are in the Super Bowl. So let's yeah. fucking let's let's talk about it again. The thing is, I want to let people know what, yeah. how we're gonna do it today. They'll do that. And this was your idea. Maybe you should. I don't know. Should you say? Skip sat me down before, and we talked about how we're gonna do this episode because a lot of st- stuff is uh, developing in the league, yep. and we want to try to be responsible and address it. And we felt like it's a little bigger than this game. Yes. So obviously today should like you know we're coming in and we want to talk about the games that happened and get into all that stuff and 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 how it played out and what it means and looking ahead to the Super Bowl. That being said, uh, there's obviously a ton of coaching hires. Yeah. We got the Brady retirement. Yeah. And then last night before I went to bed, as I always do, I just kind of check the news and here's this story about Brian Flores uh, and. To me, I, I, we're going to talk a little bit about the B- Brian Flores thing at the end of this episode. Yeah. Uh, and But it, to me, it feels m- like a big story that deserves more attention. 
uh, and so to prevent this from being... And it's developing. Yeah, and it's developing. So to prevent this from being a three-hour episode, um, we're going to address it at the end of this one, and then we'll dive much deeper in on the next one, uh, because this is a big fucking deal, y'all. For real. Yeah. So uh, thanks for... Um, Setting it straight too before we started. I appreciate you mm. um, sitting down and seriously wanting to uh, to do this the right way. Uh, so first things first, we got to talk about the Bengals and the Chiefs and what was a surprise to most. I mean, it's an upset. It was a huge upset. Seven point five point favorites, according to uh, uh, Vegas. <laughs> I can't believe they had a touchdown. I mean, they were Vegas spotted them a touchdown. I actually did, I did not expect the Bengals to win this game. Uh, nor did I. But I thought spotting the Chiefs a touchdown was a little like, what? It felt like it, man. You got Andy Reid, who's just seen this team. Yeah. And has got time to uh, prepare. Uh, it just felt like. And then you got Zach Taylor on the other side, who's got a lot of people questioning him uh, wrongly. You know what I mean? Yep. People out here doubting this man all season. And you know where I stand on that. The guy has been a brilliant coach his entire career. <laughs> okay. Before we get into this game, I want to I want to address that. Okay. Because I'm thinking, okay, Bengals, obviously, they beat the Chiefs 27-24 in overtime. Mm-hmm. And I'm saying it now, officially, fuck coach of the year. Zach Taylor for president, y'all. Okay. Zach Taylor for motherfucking president. (laughs) President. And his vice president has got to be the Bengals defensive coordinator, Lou Anarumo. I'm there with that. We never talk about this guy, but that ends today because after this game was over, it got me thinking about all the times throughout the season that this Bengals defense was able to like adjust Right, the way yeah. they were able to to adjust, uh, I think Burrow even said it in the in the post game, like uh, like the the when they were handing him the trophy about how they, he's like, you don't necessarily want to be a second half team, but you know that's not the way you want it. You know, you want to be a good team from yeah. start to finish. All he's like, through, but yeah. we've been a second half team, and th- and that's what we are. Um, and they did this in this game as well. Just an unbelievable second half performance because this was one of those typical like game of two halves. Yeah. Right. Um, and the, in the, yeah, <laughs> because the chiefs came out looking like they were just going to steamroll. I was the like, damn, I was like, damn, this is going to be boring. I really felt like that. Even though I was rooting for Kansas city, uh, because I wanted to see some super bowl fireworks and Rams chiefs felt like, uh, <laughs> the best matchup. So in those games, I was hoping for those teams to win. I did not want San Francisco to be in this one. I mean, that first drive really kind of made you worried for the Bengals, right? It was 11 plays, 84 yards. They ate up over six minutes a clock. And it ends with Mahomes just standing in the pocket for what felt like forever. Yeah. Until Tyreek could manage to figure out a way to streak across the back part of the end zone. Yeah. And he catches that. Mahomes floats a little bit to the right. And you're like... He oh, threw it high too. He did, and Tyreek went up and got it. Yeah. Um, you know, and then you know, and then of course when the Bengals got the ball in the next drive, they tried to get Mixon going, but it didn't really, didn't really do anything. Uh, and then it just felt like kind of uh, all of a sudden it felt like it felt like something like the football gods were against the Bengals because then their their key player, the tight end, oh, Uzama, yeah, Uzama yeah. they lost him on that drive to a knee. Injury. I thought it was over then, and I was like, okay. He's not like 
he's not as important as like say you know Gronk is to Brady or or Kittle to to, yeah. to uh, Garoppolo, but but he's still a big part of their offense, and he can, definitely he's it's a safety he, net exactly, and he's responsible for for picking up a ton of like key third down plays throughout yeah. the year, and obviously in the playoffs. So I, I was I thought it was a huge loss. Um, the Chiefs were all over Jamar Chase, and uh, he he did nothing in the beginning. Tyler Boyd showed up, which helped obviously. Higgins got, too. Higgins was great in the second half. Um, but again, the Chiefs O line came out and gave Mahomes all day to drop back and find the open guy on the, on their next drive. He hit my man, former Bulldog Miko Hardman, for a deep shot, and he got um, my fellow resident of Marietta, Georgia, Jarek McKinnon, got involved. <laughs> a lot of Georgia things going on here. I noticed. Uh, yeah, yeah. And on the final play of the drive, Mahomes is running around in circles. Yeah, he nearly gets sacked twice on this play. I can't. Right? I, was, I was just like, how? How? Zero panic. And then he eventually just like fo- like just floats one up, right? The first one to Tyreek was like a bullet. Yeah. And the next one was just like it was it was like a same was, type of play too. It was like a jump shot, like a floater. Yeah. You know, when you're driving the lane, you're like, woo! He just floats it up to Travis. Trey. Travis Kelsey. Yeah, it was a Trey Young special. Ice Trey, bitches. Uh, the Chiefs D. <laughs> um, the Chiefs D was great in the first half too. They forced the Bengals to punt again on the next drive. Uh, before they launched their third touchdown drive. Their first three drives, third, first three possessions of the game all ended in touchdowns, yeah. right? Beautiful throw and catch to, again, my man, former Bulldog, Miko Hardman. Jeez. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, it, it, at this point, what is it? It's 21 to 3. Yeah. Um, it, it looked like they were just going to carry over all of this energy that they had from the Bills game. It looked like this was going to be a game where Kansas City was going to score every time they touched the ball. It looked like Kansas City versus Buffalo last year. Yeah. When it was like, Buffalo's got nothing to hang their heads about. They made it here. Next year will be the time. You know what I mean? It, mm-hmm. felt, like, it felt like that type of game where like uh, this, they're, they've run up against a buzzsaw. It is what it is. Good job, guys. Yeah, exactly. My girl Saga was not feeling a lot of hope. Uh, she was starting to feel the weight-crushing disappointment that comes mm-hmm. with um, you know that that kind of oftentimes irrational side of sports fandom. You know what I'm talking about. Oh yeah. Uh, I told her that her Bengals absolutely had to score before the half uh, if they were going to have a chance in this game, and and that's exactly what they did. Yeah. In in one of the more kind of expected uh, unexpected ways, actually, Joe Burrow puts together a seven play drive that included a very gutsy third down conversion catch by Higgins, mm-hmm. cutting across the middle, basically filling in for for Uzama because that that was yeah. a, that was a Uzama play right yeah. there that cutting across the middle and barreling your way to a first down, uh, and then the drive ends with just like a dump off screen to like backup running back. Sammy Perrine, who just absolutely barreled his way into the end zone for a 41-yard touchdown. Yeah. Now it's 21 to 10, right? And you're thinking, well, that's good, but it's it's still a lot of work to do. You still haven't managed to stop Kansas City from scoring when they touch the ball. But this next drive, yep. I mean, this is not a hot take or anything, and everybody's saying the same thing the day, you know, as soon as it's over. 
This is during the, the game. <clears throat> during the game. This Ooh, is the ugh. drive that you circle and you go back to. If they lose this game, it's because of this drive yep. right here. Um, what What was your take on on what happened in, 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 at the end of that drive? I was like, take the goddamn points. Yeah, you're in field goal range. You it is improbable that you made it here. What they have like a minute forty seconds when they got the ball back. It was something like that. Less. It was a minute five. Okay, a minute five. You made it all the way down the field. You ran out of timeouts to get there. Mm. There's five seconds left, I think it was, or nine seconds on their last play. Mm. And they throw it to Tyreek Hill. He gets tackled at like the four. It was a weird play, too. It's almost like somebody was still high on that 13-second drive. Yeah. That's what they were thinking. They felt invincible. They start feeling themselves, as we say, mm-hmm. in the hood. Stop yeah. feeling yourself. Uh- <laughs> And then they blew it. They blew it, and it just shifted the whole momentum right then. And they and had three. They had it. I mean, it was first and goal from like the what four yard line. Yeah, because they got that first down. And it's like you got three cracks to get it in the end zone. They didn't have a lot of time, like you said. They only had. Yeah, nine. they had two. They had mo- at first, most two shots at the first end and goal with nine seconds. Um, right, that's what it was. Nine seconds. He on gets first. off two plays. One of them was an incomplete pass, um, and then the other one. And this I thought was kind of fascinating because we were my daughter was kind of fucking around on Instagram uh, during the game, and like in real time, the amount of people who were out there roasting Eli Apple, uh, the Bengals cornerback, because he was just he was getting burned all over yeah. the field, Eli Apple, um, and there were all these like memes of like a rotten apple, and this is Eli trying man, to cover it's tough, Tyree, man. It's all tough. that kind of stuff, and this guy stepped up and made a huge fucking play. It was a terrible play call, first of all. Horrible. And as much as we brag about about that Chiefs, um, you know, Russian novel of a red zone playbook, like to th- they throw yeah. the ball like three yards behind the line of scrimmage, screen pass to Tyreek yeah. Hill, and I get it. Who's their offensive coordinator? I, like, never hired this guy <laughs> to be a head coach. I don't think that's going to be a problem. <laughs> <laughs> he already has one very significant disadvantage, uh, which we will get to later. He, 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 try, he obviously you think I throw it to Tyreek. If anybody's going to juke their way in the end zone, it's going to be him. But this is it's such a it's a, a large ask because there were a lot of players over. It's not like they had a screen set up no. with like blockers. In there, front. No, there wasn't a single block. I mean, no. if, if Apple had missed him, there was already. I think Jesse was it. Jesse Bates was standing right there. It, was, too? it, it, it there didn't was matter. Two, there were yeah. two guys. Two guys to there beat. There were two Bengals and no Chiefs. I was like, run out of bounds. And when I saw him catch, I was like, you run out of bounds, maybe. Yeah. Anyway, you got no timeouts. It's so nothing. instead of kicking the field goal or scoring a touchdown, they get zero points. Yep. Right. That was it. Uh, and you know that they were feeling like we got a chance to bury these Bengals right here. If we get a touchdown here, they got the ball coming out of the second. That's half. why you take the field goal. Exactly. You're that's getting precisely the ball back. why you take the field goal because it's three free points. Because the thing is, is that if you manage to score a touchdown there, and you weren't able to manage a touchdown uh, on the first drive out of the second half, they absolutely would have taken the field goal. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like if you think about it in reverse, you know they would have taken that. Like, yeah. Fuck it, we'll take the field goal. We're we're up. 20, whatever to fucking yeah. 10, you know what I mean? Um, clearly, they got greedy. Uh, obviously, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty, but but this, to me... No, we knew at the moment. Yeah. But then you felt like, all right, they'll keep scoring. Yeah. And it just did not happen. So here, a little thing that I jotted down, because I thought this was kind of significant, and I had a feeling, or at least I was kind of feeling like, all right, if the Bengals come back and win this, this is kind of significant. Just to give you a little idea of what the Bengals were up against... Going into the locker room at the half. All right. 
Mahomes was 18 for 21, mm-hmm. 220 yards. He was averaging 10.5 yards per play, and he already had three touchdown passes. God damn. Tyreek had seven catches for 78 yards and a touchdown. Kelsey had 50, uh, five receptions for 55 yards and a touchdown. Hardman had two receptions for 47 yards and a touchdown. Okay? <laughs> the Bengals, on the other hand, Burrow was only 10 for 18, only 101 yards, one touchdown, but very key fact, no sacks up to oh, this yeah, point. Yeah, that's true. Right? No sacks. Mixon only had eight carries for 40 yards. Perrine had you know, the one the catch one play, for 41 yeah. yards and a touchdown. Higgins only had two catches for 26-yard uh, Boyd had three for 17. Chase only had two catches for only eight yards. And and Ozama was out. Exactly. So it's looking bad for our boys. It was not looking good for Zach Taylor uh, and our man, lovely Lou Anarumo. Um, Who went to the fucking chemistry room, to the lab. They, exactly. They had a chat. Uh, and they came out of the second half, and I sent you that thing yesterday. That was fascinating yeah, man. to see what they did. It felt like, and I wanted to. I know you you shed shit on me when I wrote back that uh, that's a Madden strategy. No, I was joking. that I did. I know, I know you're joking. <laughs> you still shit on me, uh, but uh, <laughs> I, I didn't Madden's take Madden's not real. <laughs> But uh, Madden is as real as it gets. Uh, and you didn't respond when I said, ask your boy DeAndre <laughs> how real Madden is. No, but uh, I uh, one thing that I felt like always gave me the advantage in Madden mm. is adjustments. Like you win when you adjust. You know what I mean? The Because uh, normally somebody finds a way that they can score and they have their whole thing and then they just keep doing that. And then on Madden, if you can switch it up and you adjust to what they're doing, a lot of people just get stuck. And then they'll, a lot of times, because it's this day and age, they'll fucking quit, turn the computer, turn the game off or whatever. Mm. And you're like, oh, I got a victory. You know what I mean? Mm. And that was what I always prided myself on is being able to adjust and take away the thing they're doing. And that's what they did. And it was brilliant, the uh, defensive strategy coming back out of, uh, fuck it, we're, we're not getting to them anyway. The offensive line is playing their thing. Well, we'll just make them waste Five blockers on three rushers and fucking put the rest in coverage and take away different parts of the field down downfield. And it was so smart. And it was like yeah. I, I read this article yesterday and it was one of those full on tape head moments, you know, yeah. where it's like, you gotta go back and watch the tape, bro. Yeah. But it's like it's brilliant. It was so impressive the way they would like they would show like you know, sometimes they would show they would fake like they would show blitz or they would show like they were coming with five. And, but every time they rushed three, the Bengals would rush three guys and the linebackers would drop back, uh, into the middle to, you know, to sort of take away the the slant routes. And then the corners were doing their job on the back end. And, that's why Mahomes sort of And they're looking at him. That's another part of it. They're all in zone, so they're looking at him the whole time. And they were gambling on the fact that, you know, for the majority of the year. So what happened to the Chiefs in the early part of the season is that they sucked in the first half of the season. Yeah. Because they were trying to be the Chiefs that they were the year before. They were trying to always beat you over the top. Yeah. And people had figured them out. Uh, and started, you know, scheming for that. And then when the Chiefs finally started to turn things around, um, they started doing that thing, you know, that old cliche where it's like you take what the defense will give you. And so they yeah. started taking these, dumping it over the, 
over the middle or dump, you know, kind of taking shorter, under, dumping it underneath, yeah. taking shorter plays, moving the sticks two or three plays instead of going for the for the home run every time. And the Bengals um, rightly uh, assumed that 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 was the game plan coming in because that was what had led to the Chiefs' recent success yep. and what had gotten them here, and they completely took it away. In the second half. In the second half. Which yeah. is even smarter if it was by design that we're going to play this way first half and let's play second half yeah. because it, it fucked them up. Yeah, because that, that when the Chiefs got the ball coming out of the half, you know they wanted to score, especially after getting the stuff right before the half. Uh, but the D just shut that shit down. Yeah. Uh, big, big uh, plays by Hilton and Flowers swatting the passes down. That Everybody was just covered. Joe Burrow comes out swinging on the next drive with a 44-yard deep shot to Higgins. Um, but they it. never committed to the run. No, not until. What, oh, you mean the Chiefs? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I like I was, if they're if they're dropping a lineman back into coverage as well. Mm-hmm. That means you can run it right. Down, you know what I mean? You can. You got five on three. Mm. You can run the ball. You should be able to run the ball. Absolutely. Commit to it. If you put, I don't know. There I, was I, a I, a, it's, a it's, few it's, drives later. The Bengals. Um, you know, it, it only produced a field goal, this drive that I'm talking about, but it really showed Burrow's determination not to lose this game as he started to to sort of illustrate how, how he also could sort of scramble out yeah. of danger. I mean, there were at least two plays in this game where I was like, yeah. oh, they got, he's dead, he, dead to rights. He's done. He's, this that's, is where, that's a sack. These were some of the plays that Tennessee was cleaning up mm-hmm. that the Chiefs couldn't do. Exactly. Because they were cleaning these up and he or hitting his foot or something, you know, making him bounce even further out and get run down. But he was, I guess, uh, because of the routes or the way they were playing defense, he was able to get under that coverage and get first downs at least twice, like yeah. you said. Yeah. And um, so at that point, the game is 21-13. to 13. And I don't know if Mahomes was starting to feel the heat, but on one of the few plays when the Bengals brought more than three guys on the rush, uh, you know, Mahomes throws a very ill-advised pass that B.J. Hill jumps up, bats it to himself, picks it off for yeah. a near-instant red zone uh, situation on the Kansas City 27 yard line. This was like such a huge turning point yeah. in the game because all of a sudden it like you people talk a lot about momentum and you feel like the table's starting to yeah, to turn and this really felt like you know and it, to be fair BJ Hill he's probably what like 64 like 330 pounds if, <laughs> if you're going to have him stand on one side of the table it's going to shift y'all <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh yeah and a few plays later Burrow shows how you know, when you have a guy like Jamar Chase, he said this in so many press conferences. He was like, "If you're gonna, if you're gonna cover Jamar Chase, if you're gonna go single coverage on Jamar Chase in the end zone, I'm gonna, he, I'm gonna throw it to him every yeah. time." Why he not? He said this like in interviews. I'm gonna throw it to him every fucking time, and he did. And Jamar went up, and despite the fact that he had a guy just draped all over him, he goes up, snatches that shit, brings it in. Uh, obviously gets them to within two. And then Zach Taylor, I mean, talk about show. First of all, he sh- it's the right call. Yeah. So he, he, he seems to do like the right, right, the right thing. On it's these the type right of call calls. to go yeah. for two. Uh, but I'm going to give him his flowers. He had some huge stones to go for two to tie the game. And then he dials up a play 
where Burrow, I mean, this to me was a kind of a brilliant call. He throws it out into the flats to the least likely dude that you could possibly <laughs> imagine having his number called in a moment this big. Yeah. Trent Taylor. This guy's a wide receiver, but he, what is he? He's like at least number like five or six on, oh, on the depth chart, right? Yeah. Who the fuck is this guy? Never heard of him. I think he returns punts sometimes. I saw him return a couple of punts. Uh, I, I just thought that was a brilliant play. Uh, a brilliant play call, uh, and and there you are. It's twenty-one to twenty-one. End of the third quarter. You gotta you gotta throw it to him because you play to win the game. Hell yeah, <laughs> that's what it comes down to. But what a fucking setup! You you know you tie it up at the end of the third quarter. You're coming into the fourth quarter, and you just you kind. I had this. I don't know how you felt, but I I just felt I had this feeling that the Chiefs were getting ready to explode into the stratosphere and just completely just take them over, out. Just yeah. completely take over this game. I felt like that, but it's still you could tell the you could tell that the Bengals have figured something out though too. Yeah, but I because it, it and it wasn't like this happened because they're dropping passes or a, a fumble snap or something like that. It just looked like the defense has their number and that the Bengals are just going to keep scoring. I just I had a lot of faith in Andy Reid and yeah. and Eric Bieniemy to yeah. sort of spot what was happening and adjust to it. Yeah, and they just didn't. And they didn't. And they just didn't because you know it, this is all on Bieniemy. The the Bengals, <laughs> yeah, exactly. The Bengals D had basically decided that they were just they were not going to let this happen. They they forced a three and out thanks to a huge third down sack from Hendrickson and Hill. Um, you know, and then that Sam Hubbard play uh, as well. He he got he got one. These dudes were just putting in this like Hendrickson yeah. Hill Hubbard. Shout out to alliteration. Had a <laughs> second half for the ages. Yeah, right. Higgins too, right? Higgins too. Another That's H. Another H. Hendrickson Hill Hubbard Higgins. It's too bad Higby wasn't in this game. <laughs> uh, Anyway, Joe Burrow finally made a big mistake in this game. He threw a very bad underthrown pick on the first play of their next drive to uh, Snead. Um, that's uh, he actually had a few throws earlier that could have been picked too. He, he there were some yeah. some serious sliding door moments in this game, uh, but that pick didn't really matter because Hendrickson got another sack on the next drive. Uh, oh yeah, and that was the big one. That was yep. the one in where he's back there forever. They rush three, and still gets there, and and he still gets there. Uh, but I, I mean, think on that one, and I was thinking this too the whole second half. I was like, why are they almost getting delay a game every play? Yeah, it's like the maybe the playbook is too big. Right, it seemed like it would take him forever to get the play out. Yeah, and they must have been confused. It goes to to the narrative that they were confused. I think they were confused, and I think they were. I think they were a little scared because on that play, they snapped the ball to avoid delay a game. The center did, and then the line wasn't ready to block Hendrickson. He got through. That's what it felt like to me when I watched it. Mm. I was like, "Damn!" And I, I even tweeted that for those of you that follow me on Twitter, John mm. Fry Van Dam. Uh, the <laughs> That I uh, I was saying like why is it taking so long like they can't yeah. get the snap off like what this ain't the Chiefs I knew mm. no so it, we get to this point where you got about twelve and a half minutes left in the game the Bengals go on this eleven play drive where Burrow just puts on the cape 
showing his ability to yeah, run. Yeah. yeah, he had that third and six play where you know where he picked up the first down, followed up by a huge third and seven play where he avoided a sack uh, oh, yeah, and, and got yeah. another first down. Uh, the drive stalled unfortunately, but then Money Mac Evan McPherson, the drafted field goal kicker, the rookie. Uh, was able to kick a 52-yard field goal to put them in the lead for the first time in the game, 24 to 21. There's six minutes left on the clock, right? I still felt like the Chiefs were going to. I did it too because they get the ball, and but, I mean, I thought the Bengals were going to be cooked for sure because Mahomes suddenly was just like slicing through the second door, secondary like it was, you know, like it was warm butter or something like that. 14 play, 49-yard drive. They ate every second off the clock. Yeah. Uh, he got him to the Bengals' 15-yard line at the two-minute warning. Uh, eventually, it's third and goal, and then they're on the nine-yard line with 30 seconds left to go, and the Chiefs call a timeout yeah. to consult this Russian novel of a playbook, <laughs> right? <laughs> I mean, I thought for sure this was over. Like, they're going to cook something up, and this is done. But this is the sack. This was the sack of the game. This was the one with Sam Hubbard, because Mahomes drops back to pass. He scrambles around a little bit, but he's got all day. Yeah. And when you see the, this is actually when you see the all twenty-two, you see Hubbard. He's uh. He, oh yeah, he's supposed he, to be back, and he decides to rush. He's spy. He's basically spying Mahomes. Yeah. yeah. But he's also covering the middle in case somebody tries to come across for a short slant. Yeah. And I mean, you can see him like. Fuck it. He's like he, he goes back and forth a little bit, and then he's just like, "I'm going to get that motherfucker." Yeah. And he runs a good ten to twelve yards into yeah. the backfield, and does a great job not to cut. You know, because sometimes these guys they'll come in too hot, you know, and and they'll they'll take their shot and then and they miss. Yeah. You know, he was so smart the way he slowed down Measured, and he stutter stepped yeah. and he made Mahomes go the wrong way. And next thing you know, he bats the butt. And if I, I mean, it, imagine, I mean, he fumbles the ball. Yeah. Bengals pick that up. Game's over. Yeah. Uh, I don't know who the who the chief was the lineman, that, that uh, grabbed it, but yeah. but he got it and made it so that Butker could come out and kick the forty four yard field goal. I wasn't I was nervous about that too. I, was, I like, was too. Yeah, he might miss this kick. So he sends it to overtime, and obviously this is such a talk about. We spent all last week talking about the overtime rules. The NFL is probably like no <laughs> talking about the overtime rules. No, no, not now. And how oh it's so unfair the team that wins the coin toss. And I'll say I'm I'm on the other side. I'm on the side that that wants to change the overtime rules. But when this game was over, I was like, well, I need to shut the fuck up <laughs> uh, because the Chiefs win the coin toss. Everybody thinks the game is over. Yeah, it is. You hear the guy say, fuck. Absolutely. Did you hear him? Yeah. Yeah. He calls heads. Yeah. Right? Which is a mistake. Mm-hmm. Uh, he doesn't listen to Sven FL. So yeah. it's his own fault. And then this tells and he says, fuck. <laughs> Look, everyone assumed that this game was over. It was curtains for the Bengals, which I guess... Makes sense, but only if you had not actually taken the time to consult the second half stats in this game, which I'm going to get to in a minute because mm. it's like crazy to think about okay. what happened. Uh, the Chiefs ran three plays. One was an incomplete pass. Wait, what, they didn't run? No. Okay, they. what's the second play? They, That's got to be a run. What's they, the, they conducted three plays. There were no run plays. <laughs> <laughs> so, they, so, so they did a pass. Okay, so now it's second pass. and ten. In second and ten, you got to run. Uh, the next one was a near interception by Eli Apple. It was like, oh, how yeah, did he drop that? They threw it again. Hmm. Mm-hmm. And then Mahomes throws it up into double coverage yeah. to Tyreek Hill. Jesse Bates gets a hand on it, right? He bats it down, and Von Bell is right there to scoop it up. 
uh, and he got you see, he got absolutely clotheslined at midfield when yeah. he was trying to run. I was like, yeah. damn. Uh, and and I remember at this point because everybody had gone to bed except for Saga. Oh, really? So it was just me and Saga in the living room, and she was freaking out. And I, I was, was up, man. I and was I listening. turned to her and I said, Saga, if the Bengals get into field goal range and kick a field goal, yeah, it's over. Game's over. And she was like, wait, what? No, 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 no. That's not an overtime. Where, like, you know, this team gets a chance. And then that, I was like, that was, that was their chance. <laughs> the Chiefs had a chance and they just got picked <laughs> off. If Evan McPherson kicks a field goal, you're going to the Super Bowl. Ooh. And she was like, <gasps> I just got goosebumps. I'm getting goosebumps just remembering it. <laughs> so we're on, and literally on the edge of the sofa. Burrow to Mixon uh, and Higgins got them into field goal range. Uh, they ran the ball with Mixon a few more times to get a little closer. Mixon had a great run at the very end. Yeah. Um, in the end, Evan McPherson was just never going to miss a 31-yard field goal no. uh, because this dude is money from the spot. He comes out, splits the sticks, and sends the Cincinnati Bengals to the Super Bowl. To the Super Bowl for the first time since 1989. Un- Fucking believable. Yeah, man. We got us a great game there. Unbelievable. And uh Yeah, I'm actually glad for them, man. I was uh, I was a hater. Uh I'm 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 still not a big fan of Zach Taylor, but there's not much you can say, man. They put together uh a good a good game, a great game plan in the second half. Mm. And they deserve to be in the Super Bowl. Let, okay. Let's get, I want to I want to get into the second half stats a little bit because I I actually when the game was over and I saw the final numbers mm-hmm. and I started cuz I had already written down the numbers from halftime and I was like hold on a second and I started like doing some subtraction just to figure it out <laughs> right yeah. in the second half Mahomes 8 for 18 55 yards four sacks two picks damn Kelsey in the second half five receptions for 40 yards Hardman in the second half, one reception for five yards. Tyreek Hill had seven receptions for 78 yards in the entire game, which is exactly what he had at halftime. So that means he had zero receptions in the second half. Zero. That's what the Cincinnati Bengals defense did to this Kansas City offense. Wow. That's fucking crazy. Hard to imagine them not being able to do that to the Rams. Well, the Rams are probably going to commit to the run, but... It's going to be really interesting to see. But we'll talk about that as it comes. Congratulations to the Bengals. And for anyone who doesn't think that the Bengals deserve to go to the Super Bowl, remember that they did this twice. Yeah. In both Week 17 and in the AFC Championship game, the Bengals outscored the Kansas City Chiefs in the second half 17-3. Twice they've done this. So so, uh, sorry, enemy, you'll never be a head coach. (laughs) And how cool is Joe Burrow? He Honestly, right. yeah, right. yeah, but I mean, this guy—he was—he's a baller. I'm not gonna call him cool. I mean, I, I'm just saying, like, <laughs> dude's having a moment. Yeah, he's having a moment. I'm, I'm glad for him. It, it, I think about his uh, cigar. Remember that cigar picture? Yeah. After they won the championship. Oh yeah. And he's just chilling, smoking the cigar. I saw a fantastic picture on Instagram of Joe Burrow's father. Okay. And Jamar Chase's father standing outside Arrowhead Stadium, freezing cold, smoking cigars. Oh, that's cool. How cool is that? Yeah, yeah. 
I thought that was pretty good. Uh, that's awesome. All right, we go to the next game. Yeah. Congrats again to the Bengals. Yeah. And Zach Zach Taylor. Zach for president. Zach for president. You'll be our second president named Zachary Taylor. <laughs> I brought it up last week. That's just, hey, truth is truth. Fact is fact. <laughs> uh, yeah, the next game, Rams beat the 49ers 20-17 to <laughs> after the Bengals-Chiefs game. This one felt like a bit of a dud. I'm not going to lie. I'll try to go. I, 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 you know, I love football. <laughs> tried to go to sleep. I tried to go to sleep on this game, and I couldn't. I had to see what was going to happen. I was up. Just, I was just like, fuck it. I, I just said fuck it at one point and just watched it. And I thought I was entertaining myself. I wasn't the least bit tired <laughs> because I was so yeah, hyped for the, the last adrenaline, game. Adrenaline, yeah. And I knew that going to sleep was a fool's errand at that point. So I decided, you know what? I'm just going to stay up. I'm going to watch the first half mm. of this game. Okay. Um, and I did. And then I went to bed at halftime. <laughs> but I didn't actually fall asleep. Like I was kind of did that thing where yes. you're like kind of in, kind of out. That's what I do. And I remember and around three like, thirty, I like picked up my phone just to check and be like, Fuck, "What's going on? Like, is this thing over yet?" And the first thing I saw was like, you know, so it, well something that we'll get to later. Okay. Uh, both quarterbacks looked completely out of sorts early yeah. in this game. Stafford, the moment looked too big for both teams. Yeah, at, Stafford at missed a wide open OBJ on a third down play that forced them to punt. Jimmy G did the same thing, yeah. sailing one over. George Kittle's head. I mean, that actually might have been a touchdown. Yeah, if he had hit him. it would have. Yeah, you know what I mean? Because he, Cause was he kind split of, the uh, he split the zones, the yeah, deep zones. He yeah, split he was the gone. deep zone between the safeties, and it, he catches yeah. that, and he's, he's gone. He's gone. Uh, the Rams' second drive looked far more promising uh, with Cup and Higby and Acres and OBJ all getting involved, moving the ball downfield. But it all came unglued when Stafford threw a really bad pass. Uh, he threw it behind Cooper Cup yeah. at the goal line. Uh, Williams tipped it. Uh, Jimmy Ward picked it. Yeah, in the end zone, it was like, oof, Jesus! Like, really? This is the game we're getting after that last game. <laughs> Fortunately, the 49ers couldn't do shit with it <laughs> anyway, and had to punt it back to the Rams, who who finally got into the end zone thanks to an 18. Uh, eighteen play drive, ninety seven yards. I mean that that was kind of interesting too. That that that's what it took. You know the the forty ers punt the ball and then down it on the three yard line. Yeah, and and it was like what Stafford was just like, what's too easy? Like I need to go ninety seven yards to score a first touchdown, <laughs> right? Take uh, nine minutes off the clock. Uh, they lost Higby during this drive, which was tough. Uh, but that other guy really stepped up. I, Kendall Blanton. I made, yeah, I made I fun never, of the fact I never that heard I, of him. He, he's, he caught a touchdown pass last week, and I made fun of the fact that I'd never heard of him. Uh, but he was good in this game, really good. Yeah, he he was big. their security blanket, which is yeah. what a tight end should be. Uh, they lost Acres for a while, too, but he eventually came back. Uh, my man, former Bulldog Sony Michelle, finally got <laughs> into the fucking playbook this week, which was nice to see. I, I was thinking that, too. I thought about you as it was happening. but it was like... That, but that... But they Niners still, defense was staunch. Yeah, they still couldn't figure out a way to. It's not like the run game was great for the Rams. And the right, you're right. The, that D is. That was, was they a, were the real deal. There was a really funny play in this game, and I don't remember exactly when it was, but I laughed so hard. It was a. I think it was. Was it a run play? I think it was a run play, and the Rams 
seriously asked OBJ to try and block Bosa off the corner <laughs> to get so that they get, and OBJ just got absolutely just murdered on oh. the block. It was like, what do you get? Why I'm, are you asking OBJ? To block he's another one I'm Bosa? glad for though. He's another one I'm oh, glad for. Oh, for sure. Because yeah. he got a bad rap and he came out there and he's really helped propel that team. Totally. Especially with Woods going down. That first touchdown pass was a beauty. Um, 13 yard strike mm. from Stafford to Cup in the back Man. corner of the end zone. You can that tell they're nice. on the same page. Oh, totally. Yeah. At this point in the game, just to give you an idea. He, like, oh, wait, wait, wait. wait. Yeah. Cup. His route running. Uh, oh, dude, my God. He's special. He cooked him. I felt so bad for the dude. The dude was like spinning around while he's catching a touchdown. I said, Yeah. He put him in the blender, as they say. Man, I had to mention that. At this point in the game, this, this came up on the broadcast, and I thought it was kind of interesting. Um, you know, despite the fact that it was only seven and nothing at this point, the Rams were beating the 49ers in first downs 11 to two, total plays 31 to nine. Time of possession, 16 minutes to 5 minutes and 15 seconds. <laughs> that, and this is like in the middle of the second quarter. That's a, it's kind of an indictment on our boy, man, uh, Kyle Shanahan. But we'll probably talk I about I think it's an later. indictment on both teams, to be honest. Because it's like, uh, the obvious one is Kyle Shanahan. But the other yeah. one was like... I, the Why thing do you that, only have seven points? That, that was the thing that it kept making me think. And yeah. it also kind of made me sort well, of... Well, one drive, they had to go 97 yards. This is... Exactly. But here's the thing. It was starting to kind of, in a weird way, sort of mirror like how you had to kind of go back and figure out like how did the Packers lose to the 49ers? Like you had every chance to bury this team yeah. in mm. in the second quarter when they just went three and out punt, three and out punt, three yeah. and out punt, three and out punt. You scored a touchdown on the first drive of the game, the Packers, and the entire first rest of the first quarter and the second quarter – you score one more touchdown mm. and you you're going to the dance. You're going to the is, to the championship. Is game. Shanahan really a defensive coach? <laughs> when you think about it, <laughs> Robert Solik is hired because that defense is gonna be so good. Was was so good. Yeah. And got them to a Super Bowl not yeah, long maybe. ago. And then he gets <laughs> poached. And then you're thinking there's gonna be a drop off, and now this defense is out here. Kicking ass, maybe. Look, yeah, well, okay. Well, that kind of brings us to the next drive because, in my okay. opinion, the only thing that the 49ers, the only thing that explains how the 49ers got this far is A, their defense, and B, Debo motherfucking Samuel. So, such a strong point. God Bro, damn. Four, this was a cheat code. Four plays later, Debo does what Debo does. This fucking dude, it, it, is there one player on a team that gives their team a chance to win more than Debo Samuel? Uh, I asked Patterson. You. No, there's not. Is there? There's I mean, the I mean, besides like, non-quarterback, non-quarterback, no way. Personally, I mean, I realize this is like an impossible like thing to prove, but I think you take Debo Samuel off the 49ers, I don't think they win five games this year. Uh, I don't. The guys. Uh, I don't know. I think they 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 scheme him into good positions as well. Yeah, but sometimes they just dump it off to him, and he just does it all by himself. Like this first touchdown. I mean, it's basically yeah. a wide receiver screen. And yeah. he figures out a way to cheat code his way through the yeah. entire Rams defense. Yeah. And score That's a true. touchdown. He's special, but I wouldn't say they don't win five games. 
I, come, you, come on, Skip. You can't prove me wrong. I can't <laughs> prove you wrong. So it, whatever. It's just a dumb take. But I'm right. It doesn't matter. Yeah, your take's stupid. Uh, <laughs> Rams had another long drive, but it ended with a missed field goal. Yeah, man. That was a bad one. They were like, oh, it's wide right. I was like, dude, that, you, talk about burying the lead. That shit's short, too. <laughs> I was like, that wasn't even he close. Kicked it the worst way possible. Did you kick it with the wrong leg? <laughs> it was bad. Um, uh, yeah, 49ers got the ball back with a minute 50 um, in the half. And they got one hell of a scare when Debo got absolutely lit, lit up, up going across the middle. And, you know, they threw the flag. And I was so glad they picked it up. Yeah, man. Because when you saw the replay, this kid, Nick Scott, number 33, we talked about him last week. Yeah, man. What a hit. Clean as a whistle, but hard as fuck. Yeah, man. Just safety. rocked him. Love good safety play. Um. Anyway, they dusted themselves off. They marched into field goal range and Robbie Gold. I don't know if you know it, but this dude never misses. He's 20 for 20 in the <laughs> postseason. Now he's 21 for 21. Um and the 49ers go into the half with a 10 to 7 lead. And this is why why I go back to that that disadvantage. Like here we are at the half, you know, Jimmy G's 8 for 12, 137 yards 12. and a touchdown. Stafford's 14 for 24, twice as many passes. 130 yards though. Less yards. One touchdown and a pick. Uh first downs. Uh, 49ers, six, Rams, 14, total plays, 20 to 42, time of possession, just com still completely blowing them out. Rushing yards, Rams had 73, 49ers had 19. How are you losing this football game? How? Yeah. Um, we got to also think about that the uh, these teams know each other very, very well. True. It's third time they play each other this season. True. They know they got tendencies. Yep. The coaches are friends. Yep. It's a tough one. You knew it was going to – we said we bet on it. This is the only bet we got right was that this was going to be under because mm. we just knew that these teams know each other so well it was going to yeah. be. So, yeah, it's understandable that it's so low scoring, but it's – yeah, it is. It's weird when you look at the stats. I didn't look at the stats like that. Second half uh, started off going bad to worse for the Rams when they turned the ball over on downs, missed it by like an inch. Man. That was close. And he, oh, he I was th throwing challenges a lot. He lost all He lost all of his first, no. He two, lost both challenges. He lost two of his. You only get two. No, but I mean, he lost two of his, his um, timeouts. Timeouts due to lost, challenges. From yeah. lost challenges. So like, there's like ten minutes left in the game, and he doesn't have any timeouts. I was like, if they go down, <laughs> he can only blame himself because it was like oh, it's a pile of people. You really think they're gonna overturn the call? Like, yep. And then that turnover on downs, ten plays later, leads to Jimmy G, G finding Kittle uh, for a oh, sixteen-yard touchdown, nice catch. and they're up seventeen to seven. Yeah. Looking like the giant killers that they were against the Packers. Yep. Uh, same thing they did to the Cowboys. Speaking of um, Giants, they've been compared to the Giants. Yeah. That team with uh that that took the Patriots down. The two thousand and seven right. Giants team. Mm -hmm. That people that you know came in wild card and worked their way all the way to the Super Bowl. Yeah. But if you're looking for narrative, mm -hmm. which I am. At seventeen to seven, the Fox the Fox broadcast caught what I think was a really interesting moment on the sidelines. Aaron Donald Brings the entire defense together mm -hmm. for a meeting. I saw this. And you can see him 
hyping everybody up. Yeah. And in uh, in in the post game report, we have I haven't heard from him what he said exactly, but some of the other players have come out and said, you know, paraphrasing more or less that that he just said, look, we are not going to lose this game. We are better than them, mm. and we are going to shut the door, and they're not going to score another point for the rest of the game. It's over. Damn, I got goosebumps again, man. God, he's what he's. He might be my favorite player in the league. He's up there. He's everybody says he's the best NFL, the best player in the NFL. But let's just take a second to talk about that fresh motherfucking fade this dude had. <laughs> Precious fucking face. I was like, damn, every time I took his helmet off, that shit was crispy. <laughs> I'm not a man with hair, so I can't even, I'm just jealous. Like, if I had hair, I would just want the Aaron Donald fade. That shit was so fucking fresh. I had to give it a shout out on here. Uh, that's the real MVP. <laughs> and of course, it must be said, the real MVP. <laughs> has to be said that Kyle Shanahan was born to, to lose, lose this, this game. Lead. Yeah. We said it. We knew this was going to happen. He's going to Shanahan it. I lived through 28-3. You don't got to tell me. 10-point <laughs> lead? Shit. He lost break. a 10-point lead in the Super Bowl. Exactly. Shanahan could lose this lead. He almost. In his sleep. He tried his best to lose it, but he was up against <laughs> McCarthy. Exactly. In that, that game. game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Was, don't, let's not forget. Yep. Uh, great play by the Rams to answer right away Yeah. on the next drive. Seven plays, 75 yards. Um, and if Stafford wasn't throwing it to Cup, he was throwing it to this this other tight end, Blanton, mm-hmm. who did a great job, as we said. Uh, there was a really soft, taunting call on this drive as well. I don't know if you saw that. Yeah, I was thinking he must have said something. That's what I thought, too. Eh? Was, he must have said something that we couldn't hear, but I, I, I couldn't figure out. The ref threw the flag. It was like he was done talking, to. It was like, come yeah. on, man. Uh, the drive eventually ended with an 11-yard touchdown pass from Stafford to Cup. Who else? Uh, mm. Now it's 17-14, to 14, right? Now it's time for the Rams D to show up because Aaron Donald told them to. Yeah. Right? Um, he also told Shanahan. Exactly. Because this might have been the worst. I was really close to tweeting this, but I hate hyperbole, mm-hmm. so I deleted the tweet. But... <laughs> <laughs> this might have been the worst offensive series that I've seen in the champ- in the championship game. Mm. It's hard to qualify that. But I was just like, what the fuck? Mm. Did they run out of plays? Are you talking about the like why they didn't go for it on fourth down? Not even. I mean just like the whole the whole drive. It just mm. like the play call, it's just like what? They did that little shift mm. with Trent Williams in the backfield. Mm. You got one of your best linemen. Just mm. line up and fucking run it. It's what you guys do. You turn nobody. It's his his entire career. He's turned unknown running backs into uh, almost elite star. You know what I mean? He just, out of nowhere, he makes you earn a, a contract. Matt Breed uh, and fucking people you never heard of mm-hmm. all of a sudden are averaging five yards a carry. This is what Shanahan does. Yeah. And then you're doing some trick misdirection fullback dive. Mm. The fuck? I, I thought it was, you know, obviously he's getting a lot of heat for the way this drive ended. You know, it's a fourth and two. Oh, yeah, and he does the... And they get a delay a game. On purpose. Yeah. They tried to get somebody to jump off. I know, but it was like, it was one of those moments so where it's it, like, man. if ever there was a moment to go for it, maybe this is it. Um, but I, I can't really, I mean, defense has been what they leaned on all year. 
I under, I understand putting it. Sure. Anyway, it's a fourth and two. It turned into a fourth and seven. This is also where McVeigh lost his last timeout because the the they ran the ball and there was a fu- like it looked like there was a fumble. Such a stupid challenge. And you could see it on the replay. It's because he's reaching like, out. I don't know who got into his head about it, but uh, it's like neither. he's he's obviously down unless he's yeah. on top of somebody. It's like what? And then he's reaching down. The ball touches the ground before he loses it. Yeah. It's like this is such a stupid challenge. Anyway, the Rams get the ball back. Desperation. The, the next drive nearly got completely derailed oh, with yeah. what should have been a pick by uh, Jaquiski Tart. I mean, that was hard to watch. Don't you think? Doesn't Jaquiski sound like a hood nickname? I, I, <laughs> hey, Jaquiski. <laughs> Jaquiski over here. I don't even know. I've never heard that name before in my life. Of I'm course like, not. <laughs> it's like. It's a, that's a name you name your child if you want them to go to the NFL. Yeah. Because you're not applying for a managerial position at UPS. Yeah. And your name's Jay Kuski. I mean, if he picks that ball off, which he should have. It hit him all in everything. Helmet, arms, legs. He picks that ball off. uh, They're up by three with 10 minutes to play. The 49ers. People trying to blame him. It's tough, man. No, I, I'm not. I mean, I, I, I blame him for not intercepting them. the ball, but yeah. that's not the reason why they lost. There's nah. a lot of other reasons why they lost the yeah. game. Uh, but that was a tough one, man, because it, it was such an it was a duck, such a duck. Because if he throws it deeper, that is a catch. Like mm. it could be a touchdown if sure. he put more on it. Um, but two things happened there. Uh, Aikman says, and uh, that it's an interception, or one of them on the either Buck or Aikman says interception because yeah, it just it looked Buck. like one. Yeah. And then when they showed the replay, Aikman says, "Is Stafford hurt?" Uh huh. And I never thought about it like that. Like, oh shit, maybe he can't throw that ball, which would mean a lot. I don't think so, because honestly, like like a cat who's doing a head count to figure out how many lives he's got left. Stafford, <laughs> he came out and he just started slinging it. Yeah. 44-yard deep shot to OBJ to restart the drive. So yeah. I don't think there's anything wrong with his arm. Uh, okay. Jimmy Ward gets flagged for unnecessary roughness on the call. Oh, what a stupid play. Popped, Why would he do that? I was so dumb. Popped OBJ in the head. Uh, while OBJ he looked at him like, dude, he wasn't even mad. Just like confused. Why would you do this? Yeah, exactly. So it's a 44-yard shot, and then you tack on another 15 yards. Just yeah. a dumb fucking play. Stupid. Uh, you know. You know, Stafford to Cup again. This guy wound yeah. up doing his own Debo Samuel impression, <laughs> right? Get, yeah. Gets him in the field goal range. Uh, you know, just a little wide receiver screen. Cup wiggles his way down the field to drive, you know, stalls eventually. But Matt Gay comes out and ties up the game 17 to 17. Six minutes and 49 seconds left to play. Well, maybe this was the drive I'm thinking about. That uh, was just 49ers pointless. go three and out. Yeah. Thanks to three incomplete passes from Jimmy G, plus another delay of game penalty. Um, and, and yeah, at that point, it's all shaping up to be this Kyle Shanahan choke job special. Yeah, but Ramsey almost picks that one off. Yep, that's true. He was yeah, right there. You're absolutely that's right. what, And you expect him to catch that shit. He's no tart. Yep. And absolutely. he looks so. And, and normally, I always feel like when somebody drops that, that the game's going to be lost. Because mm-hmm. you're just like, no, we had it. Because he catches that, he's either going to the house or he's going far deep into field goal range. Yep. Stafford slowly and methodically marches down the field. He's got six and a half minutes on the clock. 
and of course, you know, Jefferson and OBJ all made some key catches yeah. on this drive. But again, Cooper Cup, the guy just can't, you can't stop this fucking nah, guy. Man. He's a smart, smart route. Smart Down the sidelines, over the top, yeah. dump it off for a screen, across the middle. This guy can do everything. It's not just him either. It's the play design too. Like yeah. going underneath. Like he's so knowledgeable of defenses and what they're doing against the defenses, and he knows just where to go. And him and Stafford, it's such a nice connection. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like and and it's like what's going to be on the other side of the ball in the uh, Super Bowl. Mm. It's that connection that uh, Chase and Burrow have. It's, mm-hmm. it's kind of like that. Yeah, I would be a little concerned on the Rams. Uh, side of things about how many times they were forced to kick field goals like going into the like when you think about like they're nah, i mean they got two weeks to no but them. i'm just saying like it, yeah. this is a problem for them i mean it's it's a good it's as the defense. same thing happened it's a good here. as defense that knows them very well true 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 but that happened again they kick a field goal they take the 20 to 17 uh lead <laughs> there's a minute 46 left on the clock three plays later uh thanks to aaron donald yeah. Who, you know, he he rallies the defense. Mm-hmm. He's got them balling. Yeah. And then who makes just the defensive dagger award <laughs> goes to the guy who is the leader of this defense. Who's been getting double and triple team all game. Forces his way through the line. Yeah. Gets a hold of Jimmy G. And on his way down, Jimmy G throws. I married it. A, a no look. <laughs> Like sidearmed shovel pass that gets tipped by the Rams receiver, uh, and then eventually picked off. Rams uh, cornerback. Yeah, exactly. This looked um, this this looked very similar to the. Remember that they, it was like the Stafford pick. Staff, both Stafford, yeah. Wentz, and Murray. They all yeah, threw Murray, picks yeah. like this, <laughs> but they all did it from the end zone where it was yeah. just like a desperation, like help. Ah. This is help. <laughs> yeah, help me. <laughs> the only difference was that Jimmy G didn't do it from the end zone and, you know, yeah. yeah. And Aaron Donald chased him down and just absolutely said, nope, it's not happening. Not today. Yeah. Uh, and and that was it. That was all that she was wrote. It. Rams won the game. I thought it was fascinating that this was like one year. This game happened one year to the date that the Rams dropped the news that they had just signed Matthew Stafford. You oh, fast forward shit. 365 days and my man, former Bulldog, Matthew Stafford, <laughs> taking these Rams to the Super Bowl. At home. At home. You can have two home After Super How Bowl. many years have they been playing Super Bowls? Is it 56 or 57? Uh, I think it's this will be the 57th, I believe. Yeah. So for all these 50-some-odd years, yeah. it, no team has ever played at home, and now we have it back-to-back back years. Back-to-back. Yeah. How crazy is that? Sign of the times. Uh, Stafford finished the game 31 for 45. 300, wow. 337 yards, two touchdowns, and a pick. Cooper Cup had 11 receptions for 142 yards and two touchdowns. OBJ, nine receptions for 113 yards. This is the first time he's had a 100-yard game in like a season and a half. Oh, wow. Isn't that crazy? Uh, Blanton, like we said, great day. Five uh, receptions for 57 yards. Nice. Always there when you needed him. Jimmy G was an absolute mess. 16 for 30, 232 yards, two touchdowns, and a pick. Debo had 26 yards rushing, 72 yards receiving. Ayuk had just under 70 yards receiving. Kittle only had two catches for 27 yards. I guess that's what they tried to take away. 
I think the 49ers' lack of weapons finally caught up to them. We've been expecting them to lose in the playoffs yeah. the whole time. Uh, and their defense has always given them a chance to win. But yep. you knew they were going to run out of luck. I'm no offense to 49ers fans because I think you guys are cool. Yeah. And I, you know, historically kind of like the 49ers. Same. But this 49ers team did not deserve to be in the Super Bowl. No. No. They just didn't. No. I mean, and you can say like, well, they deserve it because they made it to the conference championship. Yes, I get it. But trust me. Yeah, it's hard to reckon them being the... The, the world has been done a favor by yeah. not having the 49ers <laughs> in the Super Bowl, I think. Yeah. Uh, I also like how 0-6 against your division rival doesn't mean shit. Oh, that was when my you shit finally beat them in the NFC Championship <laughs> game. Oh, sorry, I killed your shit. No, it's all good. Uh, and this Aaron Donald thing, this this to me will be... I mean, how they're going to talk about this. And it's such a good shot of it. And everybody is zoned in on what he's saying, too. He, and, he, and they say he's not a vocal player like that. Right. But he knew it was time. It's great, man. It's great. They're going to talk about it when he goes into the Hall of Fame. I guarantee it. Who's your uh, MVP this week? Uh, I normally go offense on the MVP. Uh, mm-hmm. But I am going to go with the entire Cincinnati Bengals defense as mm. my MVP. They completely neutered the most electric offense in the NFL. Did anyone think for a second that after that Bills game, somehow the Bengals would be able to shut down this team? In the second half. In the second half. Yeah. No, absolutely not. No. They, they got to Mahomes. They forced him to play hero ball. And that secondary that was getting cooked in the first half stepped up and just completely took over the game. Hendrickson was an absolute problem. Yeah. I mean, he just and, – and the way he finished the game, he just kept coming off the sidelines because he was so tired yeah. and he was so beat up and he had blood on his yeah. shoulder and blood. I, that, yeah. I mean, he was an absolute mess. Uh, but he just kept sucking it up and going back in. Modern day gladiators. Exactly. It was kind of old school. You know they're going to focus in on that. But this yeah. Bengals D, led by Lou Anarumo, yeah. y'all's the real MVP. Yeah, man. Mm-hmm. You the real MVP. Uh, I'm on that same uh, wavelength, but I just put Anarumo. Right. I was talking. Uh, I, I look back at our at our breakdown of the coaching breakdown, mm-hmm. and this is his third year in the system. Is is when the Things take hold. We'll see if it was like a sink or swim type of thing mm. to see if because they, they were middle of the pack last year and see if we could turn that defense around. And obviously, he's got the defense humming right at the right time. Right. And uh, to shut down that type of offense, that's already been getting things done. And to switch it up in a way with a new, with a scheme like that at the half, that's a scary thing to do. Yep. To get your team to buy in and trust uh, this whole new flip, and it worked. It's and very cool. Uh, Lou Anarumo. You the real MVP. Yep. My trash of the week is Kyle Shanahan. <laughs> <laughs> Kyle Shanahan out here losing leads like we lose our cell phones or our glasses or whatever things that are hard to find. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's what he says when the game starts. He's like, huh? What's going on? He seems so. No, you're not fucking up. No, it's And it's. It's a track record that is uh, it's starting to look like it's, it's more than just a trend. He's out here losing leads, and I don't know, man. That's maybe, a bold statement. Maybe he's not that dude. They act like he's an offensive genius, but he just can't figure out how to close a game out. So We I couldn't gotta. stop the run. 
I'm totally embarrassed and we totally couldn't ashamed. do diddly. We got our two ass kicked. Offensively. I'm totally embarrassed and totally ashamed. Thank you, Jim Mora. <laughs> so, <laughs> all that said, I want to say Kyle Shanahan. You are trash! This week. I got to put that in there because obviously he's a good coach. Man, fuck that guy. <laughs> <laughs> There's no nepotism in the NFL. 28 to 3. I'll never forget. Mm. Uh, Who's yeah. your trash? My trash is Jimmy G. Mm. This team made it this far on the backs of their defense and Debo Samuel. I said it already. Uh, and that's not that's a bold statement. Yeah, it is. And it's not even like my opinion. It's just like a, you know, fact. facts. Uh, <laughs> Jimmy G, he might be very handsome. Mm-hmm. My wife certainly thinks he's handsome. Um, but he's been a liability the entire playoffs being the direct reason they nearly lost against the Cowboys and the Packers. He finally ran out of luck, and I don't care how much his players stick up for him. There is no fucking way this dude is a quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers next year. You lose. He ain't it. He ain't good because he trash. You are trash. Well said. Uh, Who's your scariest? I'm just kidding. Uh (laughs) (laughs) Well, I should do my shit got learned. Do it. I ruined it, but go ahead. Uh, shit got learned is uh, six and zero. They don't mean shit yeah. this year, and people need to stop talking about it. I, I really hate that. That's a narrative that they throw out there all the time. Is that over the history of these two teams have faced each other seven hundred and sixty-five times, and they've only won one hundred and twelve times? The only one that counts is the one today. <laughs> they 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 beat them so many times in a row, but that didn't matter that day. Maybe they went in smelling themselves, as my grandma used to say. Mm. He's smelling himself. Uh, maybe they went in smelling themselves and didn't uh, and couldn't pull it out because of that reason. What matters is today. You play to win the game. Yes, absolutely. You play to win the game. That's my shit that got learned. Six uh, don't mean shit. I learned that it's time to stop doubting the Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah, man, and I learned big time because I was a doubter. Uh, I didn't. I, I've been rooting for the Bengals, but I have not. No way did I expect them to win this game and go to the Super Bowl. Yeah, I learned that this improbable run by Joe Burrow and the Bengals has every bit of a chance of ending in a Super Bowl victory as as it does for anyone. Uh, the Rams have a lot of weapons and will no doubt be favored to win at home, uh, but they showed how how they can get got in the face of a quality defense. And this Bengals have definitely got one of those if they can manage to do it for two halves. Um, I'm actually kind of kicking myself because one of the things that I didn't tell you, I I wanted to bet at the beginning of the playoffs that the Bengals would make it to the Super Bowl. I thought it would be a fun, like, kind of small money, long shot bet that we could have yeah. made. Um, but I made so many mistakes this year suggesting things like that that I was like, nah, no, I'm not going to do 6-0, oh, man. Six, don't, don't worry about that shit. Worry about today. <laughs> it's too late now. Yeah. Who's your scariest team? (laughs) Uh, There's only two left. Yeah. The scariest team has got to be the Rams. They got the best player in the NFL on the field. So, Mm. And of the coaches, mm, I know Zach's doing his thing and Rumo's doing his thing, (laughs) but you got McVay and Raheem Morris on the other side. I really like Raheem Morris. Um Former Falcons defensive coordinator, actually. Oh yeah. Um, a former head coach of the Bucks. Yeah, he he was the interim head coach when Dan Quinn got fired too. Um, here's uh-huh. my thing with the Rams, though, and especially in this game, 
and in the Bucks game too. I, as much as I have respect for Sean McVay, uh, he has moments yeah. where those challenges that's unforgivable. Right where now. his you can tell that that his anxiety and his fear mm-hmm. of losing the game leads to some like really really dumb decisions. Yeah, so I, agree. I actually think. All the pressure is on the Rams and McVay to win this game. Mm. And I think the Bengals are coming in playing with house money. Oh, they've been playing with house money. Yeah. So it's their second game playing with house money. Mm. All right. Before we uh get out of here, let's talk a little bit about the elephant <laughs> that's been in the room for a long ass time. That's uh, looks like it might be getting exposed. There's a we're in the middle of a bunch of coach hirings. There's been four coaches hired since the end of the, the year, mm. and there's five spots available and um the interesting thing about the nfl is that the nfl is uh its own entity and then there's 32 owners that own the team and make decisions regarding the team and it feels like in my opinion correct me if i'm wrong the nfl really wants to look like they are uh doing the right thing as far as progression and inclusion and all of that stuff but their hands are a little bit tied because they can't decide who's on the teams right they can decide who can't be on a team in, in situations like you know uh greg hardy or you know legal stuff ray rice but that's mm. about the extent that they can do because it's the owners are the only ones who can decide All right so the nfl has tried to incentivize owners in addressing issues of equality such as giving you draft picks the latest one is giving you a draft pick if you um get somebody promoted from from your team or poached, getting minority poached or whatever right. as a way to try to get these uh, minorities hired. And uh, as far as the head coaching position, hasn't been that successful in getting minority head coaches. No. And now that's all coming to a head because former Miami Dolphins coach is looking for work and he's a pretty hot prospect because uh, around the league, everybody – he was respected even as he was the Dolphins coach. He ended up with a 24 and 25 record, but the first season that he was the coach, they uh they stripped the team down and he somehow overachieved and won 5 games. And now he's suing the NFL for uh racist uh for what is it? racism, racial discrimination. He's suing the NFL, the New York Giants, the Miami Dolphins, and the Denver Broncos, um, and it's a class action lawsuit. So it other, is. So that, he's obviously hoping that some other coaches will join him. Yeah. In this class action <laughs> the lawsuit. Enemy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so the the accusations are as follows. Uh, first one was for the Broncos. We'll go in chronological order, I guess. Broncos. He interviewed for that job. Twenty nineteen. Yep, before he got the Dolphins job. Yep. Yep. Uh, he claims that, um, okay, here's the thing. For those of you who don't know, there's this thing called the Rooney Rule, mm-hmm. right? Shout out to Art Rooney. Uh, and the rule states, this is one of the ways that the NFL has tried to kind of not only incentivize, but also kind of, you know, uh, the rule is essentially that you have to interview minority coaches if you have a coaching position open you have to interview at least one minority coach yeah before you make your decision yep uh so that was one effort a lot of people have 
you know, throughout the years since the Rooney rule came into effect, uh, have accused teams of just kind of like, it's a very easy rule to get around. It's like, okay, well, we'll just interview Brian Flores before we actually go talk to the guy who we already know we're going to hire. Yeah. Right. So it wasn't, despite the good intentions of the Rooney rule, uh, it didn't really solve anything. And I would see it as a, um, as a Dolphins fan on Dolphins Twitter, whenever like when they were interviewing Brian Flores, people would say stuff like, "Oh, this is just a That's some Rooney rule. It's shit. a Rooney rule interview mm. that they're gonna do." And then the Super Bowl performance when they shut down the Rams made everybody respect him more. And then he came in and kind of turned the organization around, or whatever. But uh, anyway, Flores accuses the Broncos from 2019. He says that. Uh, then general manager John Elway and CEO John Ellis and other members of the organization showed up an hour late to the meeting, looked completely disheveled, and it was obvious that they had been drinking heavily the night before. Um, That's got to be a smack in the face, too. Mm-hmm. When you're trying to go out there and try to get this job, if it's true. It's disrespectful. It's disrespectful to the process, and then it's obvious that like, they are wasting my time. Why am I here? He felt like they did not really consider him to be a serious candidate, and then they very quickly hired Vic Fangio. Mm-hmm. Um, now, this one's coming up. You know, The hard thing about this is that it's difficult to prove this type of racial discrimination. Like, you know, he, he's probably been sitting on this Broncos thing for a long time. Like, well, I could say this, but who's going to believe me? Yeah. You know, I don't have the receipts to prove that this happened. Yeah, that they were out the night before. Yeah. Um, but when you get into the accusation against the Giants, now suddenly Flores actually has the receipts. And this is kind of what, in my opinion, makes this story big. Yeah. Explosive. Uh, because, and oddly enough, it involves Bill Belichick, which is kind of (laughs) strange. Mm. Uh, so essentially what happened is that Bill Belichick texted Brian Flores, uh, what, two days before he even interviewed for the job for the Buffalo Bills or no, for the New York Giants. Yeah, the Giants. He, he, Belichick texts Flores two days before he interviews with the Giants and congratulates him for getting the job. At which point Flores is like, uh, you know something I don't know? Uh, he says that. Do you, did you yeah. hear something I didn't hear? Yeah. And Belichick writes back, Giants, question mark, uh, exclamation point. And Flores writes back, I interview on Thursday. I think I have a shot at it, he writes. And Belichick says, oh, got it. I hear from Buffalo and, and, and the New York Giants that you're their guy. Hope it works out if you want it. Um, and and then Flores starts to feel like something fishy going on here. What, yeah. What's going on here? And he says, yeah, that's definitely what I want. I, I, I hope you're right, coach. Thank you. And then he writes back, coach, are you talking to Brian Flores or Brian Dayball? Just making sure. And then Belichick writes back, sorry, I, I fucked this up. I double-checked, and I misread the text. I think they were naming Dayball. Sorry about that. BB. BB. And then Flores writes back, thanks, Bill. This is all I needed for my lawsuit. (laughs) So essentially what they're saying is that, or what this essentially kind of um, 
means is that that the Giants had already made up their minds. Yeah. They knew who they were going to hire. Uh, so and, the interview was a sham. And the story that we all you know, yeah. criticized the NFL for, just pretending to give a shit about minority uh, hires and, 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 and lifting up the, you know, doing the right thing, uh, yeah. so to speak, uh, it's all bullshit. Yeah. Like, why, haven't, why bring them in? Why bring them in if you already know? Because you have to. I know. The rule says you it's have just to. like, yeah, so it's, it's bullshit. I think they have to, I mean, look, there's a lot of things to get into in this story, and I think maybe yeah. we can get into it deeper in the next in the next episode, but, I mean, I don't even see the point of the Rooney Rule anymore. Why are we pretending that the Rooney Rule it's almost like it's, it's almost like they're saying, all right, if you come in and, like, say Brian Flores came in that Thursday and had a detailed plan that blew them out of the water for how to turn their team around. He never gets a chance to do that. You know what I mean? Right. If they just say, I, I want Dable, you know what I mean? Because sometimes you hear about coaches that have a kick-ass interview. And maybe, all right, we, we're going to go with Dable, but hey, Saints. Man, uh, or they're you know maybe you know these coach, these uh, owners all talk to each other and shit and these staffs all talk to each other so maybe the Saints are calling around hey what do you think of that uh, Brian Flores guy he's coming in tomorrow mm. is it, and it, oh man he had this crazy plan we already won a table but you know what I'm saying like mm. getting in the room is a big deal yeah but getting in the room and being taken seriously is another thing and that's the part you can't enforce with a rule like the Rooney Rule right so I don't know man um. I I just think that it's um, I think this is a huge story. Obviously, yeah. it's um, the NFL is going to respond. Uh, I think the timing of this suit. The is, NFL has responded. Yeah, they have, and they've said basically we're what? we're not racist. <laughs> uh, the timing of this announcement I feel is fascinating. We talked about this on the phone on the yeah. way into the sound lounge the this sound morning. Lounge. Um. You know, the fact that it's essentially, yeah, bring it, Do the solos, <laughs> that is so hot. I always feel like I got to check to make sure my pants are still on when I hear that. <laughs> uh, it's essentially the second day of Black History Month, which also happens to be the shortest month of the year. Just saying. Uh, That's not why they made it. Really. <laughs> but just, it is funny. It's a I'm funny just, coincidence. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> well, we can't get January. <laughs> I mean, Martin Luther King Day is in January. Why can't you get January? Yeah. We can't start off the year with Black History Month. <laughs> no. First was, month of the year? It was because of uh, some other birthdays. Frederick Douglass and somebody else. Uh-huh. Okay. It's not because it's a short month, but it is funny that it is short month. Isn't President's Day in there somewhere, too? Yeah, man. Uh-huh. It's only one black president last time I checked. Uh, so, <laughs> anyway. Um, Obama Day. His Black History Month. At a time when the league is clearly getting ready to ramp yes. up their like we care about black people PR mm-hmm. campaign, yeah, and now they're going to have to roll that out through NFL media mm-hmm. while at the same time defending themselves and trying to convince us all that they're not racist for the way that they treat um, minorities who are also really good football coaches, yeah, um, and some of the other accusations which we can get into more later. Related to the Dolphins and and your guy, your owner Stephen Ross, yeah, and him offering to, you know, 
trying to get Flores to tamper to get Brady to come yeah. to Miami. Also trying to offer Flores money trying to, get him to lose tank. games. I mean, these are all things that are highly, highly illegal within the realm of the NFL. Especially considering rules. this whole gambling push that the sports totally. in the U.S. done. And the fact that they got a coup. They got a coup mm. from the Tunzel deal and the Minka Fitzpatrick. Like, all of the players they offloaded that year. The league is set up to help you when you when you do that. But then they won anyway. It's like, that's proof you got your coach. What more do you need? You needed the the number one picks as well. Crazy. You got five. You got number five from the, from the Texans. I don't know. And then the uh, and it's I think it's also coming from the smear campaign that the Dolphins did. That made it dis- it has it makes me. so much more sense now that we know this. And we talked about this at the time when yeah. when Brian Flores was fired and how he was being painted as this difficult to work with which is uh it's a narrative in the u.s i don't know if the listeners that aren't from the u.s that are listening to this understand this but the angry black man is a real thing man Mm -hmm. in the workplace the non-agreeable person of color is the one that's labeled the angry black man and it's just and you had a good point too that you said on the phone about um uh people that are considered difficult Mm. I think about this frequently, um, and I, I actually have this this phrase written down on a post-it note next to my desk um, that says, someone that you have, you know, a lot of times people will tell you like, oh, this person's he's difficult to work with. or um, But I have found throughout my life, and especially within the last couple of years, um, that sometimes someone who is labeled as difficult um, might actually not be difficult at all. They might just be difficult to control, Mm -hmm. right? And just because you can't manipulate someone to do what you want them to do when they feel like what they're trying to do is the right thing, that doesn't make them difficult. Maybe they're principled. Exactly. (laughs) That means that they're principled. It means that they have integrity, Yeah. right? And that's not the same thing. And he exudes so much integrity. Mm-hmm. The guy, even when um, when uh, the situ- there was a situation with uh, Kenny Stills was trying to uh, go after the NFL about something. Mm. Oh, oh, was mad at Jay Z about something. Mm. And in one practice, he played all Jay Z music. <laughs> <laughs> and he's just like, focus on what's at hand right here. You know what I mean? It was that first year, and. Uh, I don't know. He seems like a principal dude, even like going against the grain, just believing in and standing on his principles, man. Because we bring this up because it's specifically related to this story. Flores claims that Dolphins owner Stephen Ross said he would pay Flores $100,000 for every loss the team had in 2019. Um, he apparently refused, uh, and Ross was furious that you know, that he refused to do this. And this is kind of where, um, this, this is where the sort of false narrative of Flores being difficult to work with. This is kind of where it started. And here's the whole thing about that too. Cause mm-hmm. this is kind of a, we, David Culley got that Houston job as Houston tried to clean up their blunder of hiring 
the uh, of going against the uh, <laughs> the uh, consultancy firm that they yep. brought in and pissing off Deshaun Watson. And then they just say, okay, okay, we'll get a we'll get a black because it's not just about a black guy. All it's <laughs> the right the black guy, the one that was said to get, which was I'm guessing was the enemy. I don't know who it was, mm. but um, but the GM and the coach, the, Deshaun Watson, wanted to play for somebody that looked like him. Mm. Right or wrong, that's what he did. You know, that was his feeling, and they thought, okay, we'll get David Cully, <laughs> and they bring him in to try to keep Deshaun Watson happy. It didn't work. And then they fire Cully after one year, so now Cully looks like a failed coach. You know what I mean? Right. He got he had a he doesn't have a star player. They set him up for disaster. Set him up for disaster. Yeah. Now imagine if Brian Flores is taking a hundred k per loss, and they lose every game except for you know two games or something like that, and they end up getting the first pick of the draft, and then they get Joe Burrow, whatever, whatever happens, because apparently that's who Ross really wanted was Joe Burrow. Mm. So they end up getting the first pick in the draft. And then Flores has a decent year, or say say the same year, whatever, where they win ten games, and then the next year they uh, win nine. Now instead of having twenty four victories to twenty five, because he's taking those losses, he's got you know seventeen victories over three years. Now you can say, you know what, we got our quarterback. It's time to go in a different direction. You have sabotaged this guy, paid him to lose games, and set himself up to look like a bad coach. Crazy. It's so fucked up. Yeah. You created a scapegoat and paid him to be a scapegoat. It is so fucked up. Yeah. Instead, he turns it down, wins more than is expected in a year where they did more transactions than anybody's ever done in the history of the NFL when mm-hmm. they had to just grabbing guys off the street and doing whatever he could, yep. scouring through the waiver wire to try to win games. Wins five games, gets uh, one of the top quarterbacks uh, prospects that year, yep. and then Two winning seasons later, you fire him. I'm really... It's insane. It it is insane. It's insane. It's going to be... So, like we said, it's a class action lawsuit, which means uh, it's it's designed to have more than one person signed on to the lawsuit. It'll be interesting to see if he can get some of these guys on board. The one person who I'm interested to hear from... Uh, I don't know if we will hear from him, uh, but I would really like to know what Mike Tomlin thinks about all this. Hmm. He's the only remaining currently employed black head coach in the National Football League. Playing for the team that invented the Rooney Rule. And he <laughs> is not known as someone who like holds back his opinion no. about things. They probably won't ask him. They don't want to know. Somebody's gonna ask him. Yeah, I of course, hope so. Journalists want to know. Yeah, they're gonna have these coaches' meetings in the off season. I am very interested to hear uh, if and when Mike Tomlin has something to say. And the thing that everybody's gonna come to is we can't prove it. It's he said, she said, blah blah blah. They're gonna say this about it. he can't prove uh, the stuff. And this is uh, even in Brian Flores' statement, it's obvious that it is. It can be seen as career suicide because everybody knows how vindictive the NFL is. Mm-hmm. We see what happened to Colin Kaepernick. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's but ridiculous that. But now they've come out, you know, because this podcast really began um, on the eve of this Black Lives Matter kind of um, yeah. 
you know that 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 issue was sort of like elevated yeah in, in a way that we had never seen before in our lifetimes yeah uh that really had a moment where it kind of rivaled sort of like a second act to the civil rights movement which neither of us were alive for yeah um but it felt like a real movement when it happened. And we talked about this a lot when we started the podcast and it became like kind of a very central focal point uh, of what we were talking about week after week, especially during the off season leading up to, to, to the start of the regular season. Uh, And you got to see how the NFL was painted into a corner and how they were essentially forced into a situation I felt they were forced to decide to be on the right side of history. Yeah. Right. To me, there was no integrity involved in that. It was, it was just a, like, despite the fact that, you know, yes, of course there are good natured people within the, you know, sort of power structure of the NFL. I know that I know they're not all like the guy who started that campaign Mm -hmm. by just texting some players, getting, Uh, um, exactly. Uh, Patrick Mahomes mm-hmm. and Lamar Jackson involved yeah. in this whole thing. I don't think that they're not all bad people inside of the NFL. No. That being said, they're a corporation, um, and they are only going to do the right thing when it is politically and financially advantageous for them to do so. Yes, and they're beholden to their biggest shareholders, which is these thirty-two owners, exactly that own the teams and make the final decisions. They're uh, at the, the the owners are at the root of all of this because yeah, in some ways, like you mentioned before, the league itself is somewhat handcuffed in the sense that you cannot force these billionaires who own these thirty two teams to, you know, to and it's also kind of hard. Like, what do you want to do? Do you want to set up some kind of a affirmative action? Like, there has to be at least. Yeah. 15 black coaches yeah, or 10 or five. You know what I mean? That's like a weird, that doesn't seem like a solution to the problem either. No, I don't know. The man. Broncos are for sale. Yep. That's something that can happen, but all the owners have to sign off on who. Would gets. you like to buy it? You're black. I got a, <laughs> I got to see man, the way my bank account set up. <laughs> uh, the, the, Brian Flores released a statement that I'd like to read, and it's, it says so much in the statement. Um, and it says, uh, God has gifted me with a special talent to coach the game of football, but the need for change is bigger than my personal goals. In making the decision to file the class action complaint, I understand that I may be risking coaching the game I love and has done so much for my family and me. My sincere hope is that by standing up against systemic racism in the NFL, others will join me to ensure that positive change is made for generations to come. He knows what's on the table. It's so hard not to see this guy as being a hero. I, I agree. I um, I actually feel like maybe we can just leave it at that Yeah. for today. Um, let Mike Tomlin, or Mike Tomlin, Brian Flores... <laughs> Have the final word. The most really, racist thing I, I really that has would. happened on this podcast today. No, that is, is not confusing. It's not because they look; they all look alike. It's not that. It's because I have their names rhyme. Huh? I'm staring. I've got I literally got Mike Tomlin on my computer screen, and I just really, really want to know what he has to say about this. Like I cannot I too, wait man. for him to chime in. I want to hear what he got to say too, because, because I have so much respect for him and his ability to just come out and say it like it is. I, I, I think. Um, Never say never, but never. We need you, Mike. <laughs> say something. Yes. Yeah.
Yeah, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to finding out. I want to hear what the other uh, black... Oh, oh, there isn't any more. Oh, right. The other black coaches? <laughs> the Bears hired a black GM? That's true, but he's not going to say anything. No, no, no. It's going to be interesting, man. And um, Flores did interview for the Saints job. <laughs> we'll see if he's if he's do not touch right now. We'll see. Hmm. Or if he's, uh, let's hire this guy to shut this thing down. That'll be it. I'm telling you guys. So much juice. This story's got legs. And a week of nothing. This is just a drop in the bucket. We got. It's not only Black History Month, but it's the week between Pro Bowl week. Nobody, and there's not going to have an actual Pro Bowl. There's nothing else to talk about. A week and a half until the Super Bowl. Yeah. NHL All Star Game this weekend. If anybody cares. Ah, can't wait. (laughs) All right, man. Uh, That's it for this. uh, To be continued is what I have to say about that. Yeah. Thanks for checking out this episode of Spin NFL. It's been Jonathan Rollins. Give me Sara. And we'll catch y'all very soon. Peace. Later, y'all. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 